Welcome to Recalibrate. This is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship. Our hope is to create a moment where you get to take a look at your life through the lens of Christ's teaching and recalibrate. Welcome back to Recalibrate. Great to have you with us today. And uh, we're continuing with our journey on looking through the Gospel of Mark at Jesus as he journeys towards the cross. And it's so awesome to have you with us. And some of you are actually going to be watching us online. That's pretty cool. You can go onto our church website. These very same podcasts are available online as a YouTube video. Because I know some of you are not comfortable with the podcast. You'd rather watch. So you've got two options now. Absolutely fantastic. But here's the deal. If you're watching online, you've got to share it with somebody else so they can, can be blessed by this teaching. Well, let's go into the next part of the story, following the sufferings of Jesus Christ. You may remember last time we were talking about, in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 14, verse 1 to 10, we've been looking at the story of the woman who anointed Jesus' head with oil. And you may remember she poured this beautiful oil on his head. It was a prophetic thing. And that oil was like, wow, it was very expensive. It was a perfume. It was worth 50, 60, maybe more thousands of dollars. I, I still can't get my head around that, to be honest. I mean, imagine pouring $60,000 over somebody's head, and, and then it's gone. Just unbelievable. And the people watching, as we read, and it's on the scripture behind you, they were absolutely stunned as well. A lot of talk about money, a lot of talk about extravagance, a lot of talk about these things. And then Jesus answers it all and says, listen, there's some things in life where you should be extravagant. And one of them is obedience. One of them is surrender to him. Another one is, is serving other people, particularly the saints. And another one is preaching the gospel. These are areas where we should, like others may think we're crazy, but we should be pouring a lot into them. Great stuff. In the middle of all this, where we want to go today, was one of the people listening to this, and actually one portion of Scripture says was the main agitator in the conversation about the extravagance of the woman, was a person called Judas Iscariot. And this is where we see him come to the forefront in this story. And I want to read his portion. It comes at the end of that whole thing, after Jesus is taught about the woman being right. Then Judas, and I think you've got to put the words in, then Judas, after hearing what Jesus had taught and seeing that he, uh, his worldview of money was very different from Judas's. He was one of the twelve. He went to the chief priests, unbelievable, and actually said, I will betray Jesus Christ. They were delighted, of course, to hear it, and they promised to give him money, so he watched for an opportune time. He watched for opportunity to betray Jesus and hand him over. Basically, what Judas has agreed to is that... Uh, you know, the, the the priest couldn't get to Jesus. He was so popular. He was surrounded by people all the time. He, he went to Bethany, which was his hometown, where people loved him. They couldn't get to him. And so Judas went to them and said, listen, I know his rhythms. I know his lifestyle. I know when the crowds are gone. So look, I'll watch out. I'll let you know. And when I know he's going to ha not have anybody around him, I will let you know, get you, and you can come and arrest him and get him into your temple before the crowds can get to him. And that's what he did. On the night when Jesus was praying in Gethsemane, Judas had slipped away after the Last Supper. He'd gone and got the priest. He says, okay, now he's in Gethsemane praying. There's no one there. It's late at night. And so he brought all the guard, temple guards there. 
And then he really did a he really did a big one. He kissed Jesus so that the guards knew who it was, uh, knew who Jesus was, because they didn't have a photo ID of him. It was in the dark. And Jesus said, "I'll kiss him." And the man I kiss, uh, you will see. And, and when I mean kiss, I mean uh, like an Italian kind of kiss, cheek to cheek. The man that you see do that—that's that's Jesus. And and Jesus, uh, Judas did a whole betrayal. He did an absolute whole betrayal from telling people. I mean, just crazy. Some people, it's hard to get your head around it, to be honest, because Judas had like walked with Jesus for three years. He had been, he'd seen the miracles of Jesus, but more importantly, Judas had done the miracles. Like Jesus sent out the twelve, and and Judas went and did miracles everywhere he went, and he went with the seventy and did miracles, and he'd heard the teachings, and he'd seen the crowds, and so you know, it's like, wow, you can't get your head around it. Why would you betray Jesus at this stage? Some people have said, well, maybe it was because he was trying to do a good thing. Maybe he was trying to get Jesus to come out. Like, he wanted Jesus to stop hiding from being the king, and he actually wanted to get the revolution started. If Jesus gets a revolution, gets arrested, the people will rise up, the revolution will start, and Jesus will become king. It's a great theory, but it ain't true. <laughs> it's not true because the Bible doesn't say that's what the reason was. The Bible's pretty raw about it. It says in Scripture, and those who were there said, he betrayed because of money, because of greed, because he loved wealth. And when you read the text, you can see that to be true. He's there in this story where the woman anoints Jesus. In some scriptures, they say he was the one that actually was really the big agitator in the conversation about saying, she spent too much, it's way over the top. And some people believe that he wanted her to give the money to the treasury to distribute to the poor so that he could get his hands on it. And so you see that something happened that night. I think bitterness was in his spirit. I think he was beginning to realize that Following Jesus had no monetary gain. It wasn't you weren't going to get rich following Jesus. That doesn't mean Christians can't be rich or that following Christ's principles, the Lord's not going to bless you. But for these disciples, their life was going to be a life of struggle and toil to bring in the kingdom. And he was beginning to realize that. And then when he saw the way Jesus tore and that he didn't see money the same way, I think I think he was really getting discouraged and thinking, I gotta get out of this now and make some money out of this, or things are not going to turn out well for me. And so I think that's the reason we see there. And then, of course, uh, I think it's Matthew himself says in his account, hey, um, Judas portrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. It just says it like it is. It was for money. I think we go, wow, that's, uh, that's hard to get your head around. I call this a basic instinct, a primal instinct, the, the most basic we have in here. I don't know if you've ever been betrayed by somebody before, over money. If anybody close to you has taken money from you, stolen money from you, uh, anything like that. I've had it happen to me. I think most people have. It really hurts when you know the person. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you portray my relationship? I've had it with workers, not here in Canada as much, but overseas, who are close friends, and they stole from me. And it's like, I'm so devastated. The money I didn't really care about. The relationship, like, what were you thinking? And it's not, you can't restore it. It's very hard to restore it after that, right? And, 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 and I don't know if you've ever experienced it. It's very raw. It's very basic. I think the thing is, like, why would you do it over money? I could see you doing it out of other things, but why would you betray me? Why would you stab me in the back over money? Uh, it's so basic. It's so simple. It's so raw. It's so, so prime, primal. And I think that's what the issue is here. 
I think that with Judas, what we're dealing with is that he had a very basic instinct, the love of money, that he couldn't get control over. And I think in our lives, we all have things that we are susceptible, that I could put the word the love of in front of. Like the love of power, or the love of um, ambition or success, the love of leisure, the love of sexual experience, the love of food, the love of binging. <laughs> There's so many things that I could say that we love. And I call them basic instincts. And if we don't watch them, uh, and we don't tend to them and keep them under control and discipline through the Spirit, these things can get out of, can, can grow and start to consume us and really change our lives. I mean, we think of David. He, he let the desire for new sexual experiences just grow in him and it destroyed his kingdom. We think of Noah. And he, start, he just wanted to relax, so he just started drinking after the flood. And who wouldn't be, after being cramped up with animals for 40 days, or 80 days, or however long it was, he, he started drinking. But it, it, it caused problems in the family. Esau gave up his birthright for food. So we've got to be so careful, because the Bible's full. And Judas is another example to us. I think we judge him so quickly, but the truth of the matter is, we've all, at times, betrayed family, betrayed friends, betrayed Christ because we've let our love-ofs uh, grow to the point that they drive us to do things we should never have done. On top of that, of course, you have the fact that Satan is at work. Um, it says that Judas went away looking for an opportune time. That's the same terminology used for Jesus after the uh, temptation in the wilderness. He looked for an opportune time to get Jesus. And another scripture says, again, I think it's in Luke, says that... Um, Judas at this time was possessed with the devil. The devil really took him over and, and just began to drive him. These desires, if they are not kept in check, they become such a vulnerable point in our lives for the devil to impact us. Desires, oh Lord Jesus, they become such a strong place where the devil can get in and take us in the wrong direction. You know what I find amazing about the story? It's through the whole story of Judas. I'm rubbing my nose here if you can't see me on the camera. shouldn't be doing that, but I just did it. Uh, when you think about Judas and you read the story with Jesus, every step of the way, uh, Jesus is reaching out to Judas. It's amazing. Uh, he's always opening the door saying, Judas, come back to me. Judas, I can help you. I mean, you think about it. Judas had the best counselor, the best man for deliverance, the best person for getting you on the right track, Jesus Christ walking with him, and he never reached out for help. And Jesus would, would offer, like at the Last Supper, Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. I mean, how open and obvious could it get? And he even said, the one who's going to put his bread in the wine cup. And I think Judas, right at that moment, was about to put his bread in the wine cup. And and uh, uh, just, just saying, listen, Judas, I'm here. I know what you're doing. It's not a secret to me. Come back, man. Come back. Let me help you. But Judas would have none of it. He did his own thing. And, and man, he after he realized what he had done, he was in deep grief, right? Maybe he did hope that something good would have come out of it. His main motivation was money, but maybe he hoped something good could come. It didn't. And he, he went and hung himself. Unbelievable. And I just want to encourage all of us, during this season, as we're in the home, we're at the house, and we're not moving around, it's a good time to relax. It's a good time to get into Christ. You know, there's a place for watching the TV, there's a place for reading, there's a place for all these things, but just be careful. Don't feed, feed the spirit. Don't feed the soul. Feed, feed, feed the body. Feed the, feed the spirit. Don't feed the flesh. Don't let these things grow where they shouldn't. 
Call upon Christ to help you because he's so good at that, right? He's so good at coming and tending to this and breaking things down and making sure you're in control of your appetites. Your appetites are not in control of you. Well, the Lord bless you in this season. Our prayers continue to be with you as you journey through this time with Jesus. We want to thank you for joining us on Recalibrate today. For more information, please check out our website at crcfchurch.com. Let your kingdom come. Let your